So our God rescues his people, and then he draws them deeper into relationship. And they don't get this right. They're trying to figure it out. But he gives them guidelines. He says, if we're going to be in relationship together, I want you to know what I expect of you and what you can expect of me. And you may remember that uh, we looked at this passage. We looked at the, particularly the introduction to the Ten Commandments, which is Exodus 20. And it starts by God saying this, that God spoke all these words. I'm the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery, you shall have no other gods before me. And you may remember in this sermon, we talked about the reasons why we do things and how when you were a kid and your mom said you had to clean your room and you said why, and your mom would say, because I said so. And we're like, oh, we hate that reason. That's not a good reason. What's the better reason? What is the reason why we obey? Not because God says so, but because he saved us, right? We obey because our God who has rescued us draws us into deeper relationship because he saves us and our lives are a gift of gratitude back to him. And so the second section, the middle section of the book of Exodus is about the law. It's about obedience It's about saying, even if I don't really understand why, even if I don't get the because he says so, I will keep obeying because he saved me. And obedience doesn't get a lot of testimony. It doesn't get a lot of chatter time. Like, yeah, I'm being particularly obedient right now around my lust. Right? This isn't something we normally hear a lot about. But it's our hope that as a community, we get better at talking about the areas in our lives in which God is inviting us into deeper obedience. So maybe your testimony tonight is something like, God's invited me into a deeper obedience around Sabbath, and this has been really difficult, but the only way I've been able to do it is because my whole house agreed to help me. Because one of the other things we learned about obedience is that it happens best in community. Remember that the the rewards of obedience, it's not like just if you obey, God's gonna do nice things for you. It's if you obey, you help all of us obey, and then God blesses our whole community. Remember, obedience is a communal thing. Obedience is a team sport. So where has God invited you into obedience? It may mean that you had to break off a relationship because this friend or this romantic interest just simply wasn't where you were as far as following Jesus. It may mean that you're in a season of waiting, that God's obedience, his call on your life right now is just wait. And that's hard. Maybe the call of obedience is around your money, that you need to give more, and that's a hard act, but you're doing it. So our God rescues us. He invites us deeper into relationship. He gives us the gift of the law. He gives us the gift of moving into obedience, not because he said so, but because he saves us. So where has God invited you, your room, your floor, your house, your group of friends? Where has he been working on you to say, let's let's work on this together? We got the microphones, you know the drill. Come and tell us 
how obedience is becoming part of your testimony. Hi, my name is Nate, um, and I'll start off with one actually right about Sabbath. Um, just like Pastor Mary was talking about, um, almost two years ago now, um, I really felt God placing that call um, of obedience and Sabbath um, on my life. Um, I was able to um, go to the worship symposium uh, thanks to campus ministries staff, um, and I got to hear a um, very great talk um, that really challenged me to think about when I was letting myself um, be in solitude and be in silence um, and just asking myself really good questions about how I was growing and how I was learning. Um, and part of that talk, um, the speaker shared a story of how he had challenged a group of his students. Um, he was a professor. And he had challenged them to a media fast. Um, and it was a media fast for six weeks. Um, six weeks you put away everything technology. Um, he said every time a student asked him if they could use this piece of technology, they were like, oh, what about this for listening to music? He'd just be like, nope. And he would just add it to the list of things that they couldn't do. Um, and so I listened to that and I was like, wow. Um, there was no way I could ever do that for six weeks. <laughs> um, but at the same time, I was deeply convicted. Um, and I looked at my own life and said, yeah, that is... Media is something that is taking up a lot of space, um, and it's hurting me. Um, and it's taking away some time that I could be using um, to rest, to have Sabbath. And so that day I said, okay, I'm not going to do a media fast, but what if I did a tech Sabbath? Um, and so I said, okay, from now on I'm going to shut down my technology on Sundays. Um, I'm not going not to open my computer not going to go watch TV, won't play video games, um, any of those things. I kept my phone on so that I could receive calls from people if I needed them. Um, but I, I've kept a dumb phone for that reason, so I don't have internet capability on it. Um, so it's purely calling and texting. Um, and so with that, I felt part of my call in taking away that was then to replace it with something else. Um, and so I sought to really replace the time that I would have been spending on my computer by investing in community, um, whether that it was in the community directly around me or whether that was in friends and family that were further away. Um, and so I found myself all of a sudden um, taking time to just stop and have conversations with people. Um, we'd sit and have tea together. Um, I started writing letters um, back to my family and friends. Um, and all of a sudden, Sundays became this like precious time um, to me. And it was... It was an amazing thing that I slowly realized. Um, that's not to say it was an easy transition. Um, there were definitely times in the first few weeks where I was like, why did I choose to do this again? Um, <laughs> I, I think it was the, the first week after I said I was going to do this um, was Super Bowl Sunday. And I was like, oh, okay, so here's where it gets real. Like, am I going to stick with this and say, like, even though this big event is happening that I really want to watch um, and be a, a part of a group that's watching it. Um, and I said, no. I said, okay, I won't. Um, and God provided an amazing group of friends, mostly internationals who didn't know what the Super Bowl was about. Um, <laughs> and we just sat and talked and shared testimonies and had tea together and um, just really got to hear how God had been at work. 
Um, and I think that has, that Super Bowl Sunday has meant more to me than any other that I've ever experienced. Um, and so I've continued doing that um, since then. Um, and this year I've, I've really been sensing God's calling to extend that invitation to other people um, and to say, hey, like, Sundays don't have to be the day that you're stressed out and trying to get all the homework done for tomorrow. Um, they don't have to be that day. Um, they don't have to be the day where church is like one extra thing that you have to do in order to like be a good Christian and check it off the box before you can get back to your homework and be that good student that you're called to be. Um, and you are called to be a good student. I'm not saying that's not true. Um, and that's part of the sacrifice is that you then have to do your homework earlier. Um, but I found that even in those days where I get to Sunday and my homework isn't done and I'm finding, man, it would be really nice if I could just open my computer and type up this essay. Um, when I said no, I won't do it. Um, kept the computer closed, got into Monday, um, haven't had the essay done, walked into class and just not had it. And life goes on. <laughs> um, and so, and there have been times where God has been gracious and I've man- miraculously gotten extensions. Um, but there's other times where the prof's like, yeah, it's, you're going to lose points on that. Um, but it's worth it. That's what I want to say. It's worth it. Um, now Sundays are like my favorite day of the week every single week. Um, I will fight tooth and nail to not open my computer on Sundays. Um, and so I just encourage you to consider something that um, could help you find that space of rest. Maybe it isn't a tech Sabbath. Um, maybe it's something else that you need to put away. Um, but I would encourage you to look for that because I'm pretty sure that all of our lives have those things that, that we need to put away and fill up with something else. And so I would encourage you to find that and take that step of obedience um, to God and say, I'm going to get rid of this and then I'm going to fill it up with God and with the family of God. Thanks, Nate. My name is Matt, and last year we were going through a Bible study of uh, James over the second semester. And it, I don't know why it was hitting me. I think it was his conversation with uh, the Barnabas on first work um, that year, Nabu. And I was just thinking about the fact that we don't always stop and talk on the pathways. We don't stop and try to care about people and love people when we go along the school day to go to different classes and stuff like that. We just go along our day. We say, hi, how are you? And then just say, just walk on. We don't even stop to listen to, try to hear what they have to say. And so I almost took it as a challenge to start, especially with people I knew, to start asking how the day was. And then whenever they, whatever the response was, it's like, well, what made it like that? And trying to just get to know what happened in their day. And I mean, at times I'll just let them go if they, they're obviously in a rush because they're, not gonna, they're, gonna, they're gonna be more annoyed by that than anything else. But I just would try to do that last year and then came around to this year again. And I was like, well, did it last year, but my was just keep it going. And it's just been amazing because sometimes it's gotten to the point sometimes where I don't even need to have conversations with someone just sometimes I could just like see someone 
um, recently, actually, I think it was like last week, or actually, yeah, last week, during the school week, one of the friends was just looking really, really down, really not, like, not looking that good, and I was like, went up to him, just said, you need this, and hugged him. And it's just like, I don't know if he needed that that day, but it's just allowing myself to be led by the Spirit to just stop and talk and just build up a spiritual practice. Also, this year I filled up a spiritual practice of just after classes have done and over, just go to the seven pond, just sit, talk to God, reflect. And I've almost like kind of set it aside now as like a special time of rest for me. But I found that a lot of times, even then, I just feel led to just leave myself open to if someone stops and talks to me, I'll just stop and talk to them and keep on talking. And also, like, this past school week, I there was a Friday as a Calvin student that was trying to find her way back to one of the other buildings. And I was like, well, where do you need to go? It was like, school off center. I was like, well, you can go that way. I was like, you know what? Never mind. Just, I'll, I'll lead you there. And just walked and started talking. I ended up talking because of, I had, for those of you who didn't see me, I had pink hair <laughs> with, with blonde highlights, weird all over the place. And she asked me about what that was, and I got a chance to talk about. I'm a community partnership coordinator, so I got, I'm involved with trying to coordinate activities with the dorms, and recently had our service auction, so I had the pink hair. So I got to explain to her all about that, and all about how Calvin's not only about faith and learning, but they're also about service and learning, and how about integrating us into the community, and just being able to talk, and having her be able to listen. And just having that kind of experience just reminded me so much of like, this is something that we should do and try to strive for. And a lot of times I've felt very called to just like talk about it. All, for others who might know me as like the one who does spoken poetry, poetry that's done improv, out loud, um, stuff like that. And most times it's been about a message of you don't really understand what's going on inside of people's hearts. So it's been on my heart a lot this this semester and the semester before that to just try to dig deep and get to know people for who they are and try to just reach into their situations and help them. And that's been a, something, a call, you can almost say call of obedience that I've felt over these past two semesters. Thanks, Matt. Hi, I'm David, and my testimony isn't so much mine, but how the obedience of my parents has shaped my life in a rather big way. Um, my family, when my parents got married, they were only planning on having maybe two or three kids. And so I'm, I was born first, I was the oldest, and then my next youngest brother was born, and then the next brother, and... My family, my parents started realizing, oh, this isn't so bad. Maybe we'll keep going and see where God leads us. Uh, then my sister was born, and then my next brother. And around that time, we used to live in Ohio. Now we live in Florida. A um, couple years after we moved to Florida, my parents felt called by God to foster. And so they started fostering. And they, we, my family, my parents fostered for maybe 
two or three years. And within that time, there were another two or three siblings of mine born. And then in 2007, 2008, my family felt called to adopt. And so we ended up, my parents adopted um, one of our previous foster, one of their previous foster kids and her older brother, as well as three sisters from Liberia and Africa. And so that was five years ago. And since then, my parents have continued to follow God's call. And now we are up to, I am now, we are up to around 12 or 13 kids in my family. Around, give or take. And that whole experience, the whole experience has had its ups and downs. Uh, <laughs> some of the up, some of the downs being learning how to find my place as a, sing, as a single person instead of one of 15 people. And ups being, well, having sisters from Africa is really good for learning multi- multicultural skills. Um, but overall, it has been a very big impact of how obedience can God can shape someone's life in very unexpected ways. <laughs> Thank you, David. Garrett, you can be our last one for this section. Okay, I had to leave to just, like, say a little prayer before I said that, so. Um, Okay, so, senior, my name is Garrett. Um, So, before I came to Calvin, um, I was in a very, in a relationship, um, not the best relationship. Um, She wasn't a Christian, I knew it in my heart, um, and I was kind of going through like this evangelical relationship where I'm going to be the Christian, I'm going to get her to become a Christian, and we're going to be great together. Um, life's going to go on. Um, and deep in my heart, like I was doing everything I can, and through this whole relationship, it was a straight lost relationship the whole way. Um, I'm not going to lie about that. Um, I only could think about the physical, um, and we could... Uh, how do I say it? Can go as we went as far as without having sex. Let's put it that way. Um, and um, just one thing like was in this background the whole time, and it's called music. Um, and God has blessed me, I believe, with musical skills. And um, I kind of told this to my orientation group a lot of it because um, I trust them. Uh, <laughs> And I'm going to trust you tonight, so that's good. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, throughout my college career so far, I've struggled with lust till I became a Barnabas. And um, it was a great experience, but um, God was with me. And it was one confession week. I met with someone named Adam Gelder, who was our Barnabas intern. And I just said, I was like, this is a time I just broke up with her. Um, and I'm like, I'm just going to lay it all out um, on the line. And I'm just going to tell him everything. And kind of exactly what I'm talking right now. Um, 
and I'm just going to confess my sins because in my heart it was this huge burden pulling me down and I was just going to stay obedient and I wanted to be a Christian I wanted to do what's right and um, madness was holding me back and I just laid it out and I just bawled um, just like I did in front of my uh, orientation group um, <laughs> any witnesses yeah um, and man my orientation group was one bunch of people who um, blessed me um, I, I kind of went into this thinking I would tell them all about Calvin and um, they ended up like teaching me um, about myself and um, yeah I got a lot of people to step out um, like I am right now I guess um, but once I told Adam all this um, this like burden was just lifted and um, I finally felt um, free of my sins I felt forgiven um, that weekend I had to go home actually um, didn't tell my parents any of this stuff um, and I just laid it out to them I bawled again, um, but just um, this is a lesson on forgiving your sins and just giving up those burdens that you have, because um, it helps you stay obedient with God, and that's one way to do it. And if it's that one little thing that's holding you back, um, just ask God to forgive you. Just praying to God and asking for forgiveness didn't really do it for me. Um, I had to tell someone, and taking that step um, helped me. Um, when Josh in the Step Up Dramas revealed his um, sin with lust and masturbation, I had to reveal it to my group. And um, I challenge you that this is a community, Calvin, that we are open to do this. And um, man, is it a great thing when you can release that um, sin and um, just let God take it and burn it. And, Amen. Um, yeah, go Calvin. <laughs> I'm just going to pray a second before we sing. You guys come on up. It's all good. It's all good. Um, so, Lord, uh, in response to uh, the testimonies that we've heard, we, we want to say um, you're calling some of us to obedience right now. And you're calling some of us right now to say, I got to get this off my chest. I just need to tell somebody. And so, uh, God, I pray for those of us who are sitting here thinking, I got to tell somebody something that you'll also bring the person to mind that we need to tell. And may that person be providentially available just when we need them. Um, maybe it's a, a chaplain after worship today. Nate's here, Aaron's here, I'm here. Maybe it's a prayer servant, maybe it's an RA, maybe it's a friend. But uh, God, you're, you're so merciful to us that you don't want us to go another day with unconfessed sin. So if you're calling us to obedience, then Lord, help us to hear the call of the kingdom and to respond uh, because you invite us to do these things, not because you say so, but because you love us. And so help us to hear the call and to obey in the name of Jesus. Amen.
One of the ways in which we practice our obedience is through giving to the Community Care Fund, and we'll have that offering in just a minute. Just a few announcements. Uh, in case you didn't know this, there's no loft next week because you'll be gone because it's Thanksgiving break. Yes, yes, yes. That's a little rescue we're all going to get. So, so no loft next week. Um, because of Thanksgiving, tomorrow, Monday, we're going to have a special Monday Thanksgiving song fest in chapel. So I know. So uh, come sing tomorrow song fest chapel. Um, and then uh, when we come back, we actually, because of the schedule and Thanksgiving is late, we only have one loft when we come back. Uh, and you have like, I know, and then you, you like launch into exams. Um, <laughs> But for that loft, what we've done we, as, a, as a tradition is we begin the worship service in here and then we move out to the lawn where we decorate the tree and sing carols and then we come back here and we decorate Christmas cookies and have hot chocolate um, and it's wonderful. So does, that'll be December 8th when we come back. And now uh, in the week that you come back, there's a special play that's going to be on campus and the title of the play is But Now I See... And if you're a person who likes testimonies, you're going to love this play because it's stories about uh, believers who have had times of real suffering or loss or struggle and how God has or hasn't shown up, what God did or didn't do. And they're beautiful. It's, the play is, this is important for you, this, this play is free. Yes, yes. There are, there are no tickets and it'll be uh, the Tuesday through Saturday when we get back from Thanksgiving break. So December 3 through 7, 7 o'clock here in the Lab Theater. And the play has been put together by Dave Ellens, who many of you know is the assistant in the off-campus programs office. And uh, his other life is as a playwright. And so Dave has listened to these stories and he's put them together. And it's going to be a beautiful production so if, you've, if you're in a small group or your Bible study, your floor, your house, this would be a great Advent uh, thing to do to get ready to think about how do we look for God in our lives. So look for the posters. They're really pretty. They have light blue and they say, but now I see in really pretty script. Uh, again, free. It's important. About Jesus. These are two really good things. <laughs> Pay attention to that. Um, and then I, I have an annual announcement that I make because some of you are going home and you have not been home since school began. And you have changed a significant amount from, let's say, September 1 until now. But in your parents' minds, you are the exact same person who left them. And so you're going to do things like you're going to get a text from someone, a buddy, who says, hey, let's go out. And you're going to put on your coat and you're going to get ready to go out. And your mom's going to be like, um, what are you doing? And you'll be like, yeah, I'm going to go meet uh, the guys down at Steak and Shake. And she's going to go, it's 1030 at night. <laughs> and you're going to go, uh-huh. <laughs> and in that moment... She's going to want to be like, well, you need to be home at 12. And you're going to be like, I haven't been to bed before 12 <laughs> since. So, and there's going to be like this moment where you're going to be all, you're going to be like, look, I'm in college now and you can't tell me. And she's going to be like, why aren't you my baby? And it's going to be a whole thing. <laughs> so I want to remind you when you go home to be nice to your parents. All right. I mean, really, 
And one of the ways you can really help them along is tell them what you've learned while you're being at Calvin. And one of, really, one of the things that parents really love is when you say, you know the, the best sermon that I heard this year at Calvin? Or do you know what I really learned in my Bible study? Or I've really been praying about this. That helps a lot. <laughs> my favorite professor is blah, blah, blah. And uh, that's money so well spent. Right? These are all ways in which you facilitate conversation between the people who brought you into the world or adopted you or fostered you and now, okay? So as you move, I know you're excited about sleeping and food. Uh, let's, let's also remember to love our parents well. And so now our offering uh, will be taken for the Community Care Fund. section is about the works of God, what God does. And we talked about the fact that it's very tempting for us as people of faith to think about where we are in faith in relationship to how we feel and to look for those spiritual experiences that make us feel a certain way and put a lot of stock in how we feel. And we were reminded that the power of what God does trumps how we feel. And that no matter how we may feel, the truth of what God has done, is doing, and will do is much more important than how we feel at any particular moment. And we looked at this particular verse. You remember this at the end of Moses having this this conversation with God about revealing his presence and God like tucks him in a cleft of a rock and goes by. And then Moses falls on his face. And then God says this. God says, hereby I make a covenant. Before all your people, I will perform marvels, such as not been performed in all the earth or in any nation. And all the people among whom you live shall see the work of the Lord, for it is an awesome thing that I will do with you. 
What you hear in that word and what we're reminded of in that word is that God is always acting for us. You may not feel it. You may not see it, but he is. God is always working to do great marvels so that we see the work of the Lord. And so we invite you tonight to talk about where have you seen the work of the Lord in your life, in the life of this community, in this place called Calvin College, in the city of Grand Rapids. Where have you seen the work of God? Maybe it's an answered prayer. Maybe as you're turning toward American Thanksgiving, you're thinking about what you're grateful for. Maybe there have been things where you thought, man, I didn't think this was ever going to happen, and it did. Where have you seen the work of God? One of the things that you may or may not be aware of is that Calvin College is going through this process of strategic planning, which means that a lot of people have to do a lot of thinking about things that we don't know much about because it's like predicting the future or what we would like it to be, and it's really tough. And what's been amazing for me to watch is as I've been praying and thinking and shepherding and having conversations about this plan is to watch how different people step up. And you know, you have people who just don't work a lot together. We all, Calvin's like a little village and there are people who always go in the science building and they just kind of, they go in and out of the science building and that's all they do. And there are people who are always in just DeVos and they go in and out of DeVos and they just, that's all they do. And to watch these people from very different perspectives come together and see that the same ideas keep bubbling up across campus to say we actually share these really important things in common. And I think, wow, God is at work. And it has been exhausting to be in some of these conversations because we just, we want so badly to do it well and do it right. And so I think, well, God, if you've been in the planning and if you've put people in these rooms and they're having these great conversations, then you're going to be here when this plan comes together and you're going to bring it to fruition. And that's been how I've, one way in which I've seen God at work. And another way, uh, so many of you read the chimes last week where we had stories from some of our LGBT students just talking about what's the experience like to be here at Calvin and be lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender. And as a result of those stories, within the last week, I had two more students who came to me and trusted me with that part of their story because they finally felt safe. And they don't know exactly what, God, what their life's going to look like. They don't know how God's call to obedience is going to be lived out in their particular life. But they knew that they had a safe place to at least have the conversation. And I think, wow, that's exactly what we were praying for when we were thinking about how to do this. So God is at work on this campus. Where have you seen him? What's he been up to? Where has the work of God been evident in your life or in the life of this place? Feel free to come forward and use the mics and talk about the work of God. Turn left down. Um, so I grew up at a Christian family, Christian schools, all of that. Um, freshman year was great, and I was at a church that I loved. But my faith wasn't something that was really personal to me. And... It had been a while since I felt like it was something real instead of something that I was just going through the motions. Um, and the August after my freshman year, I got an email three days before um, leadership was going to move in, and I was asked to be a Barnabas. And so I called, or I talked to my parents, or I called them up, 
and we discussed what this would actually mean. And I was like, okay, I think this is something I could probably do. And so I had an interview on the phone um, and basically explained who I was. And um, they were like, okay, you're going to be the Barnabas. Um, and at the time, I think mostly the reason why I said yes was just because I am a yes person. I'm not a no person. And I knew that three days before leadership was moving in that they were probably in a tight position. Um, so, probably, yeah. <laughs> um, but now, from where I am now, um, that was my sophomore year, and I'm a senior now. Um, clearly, it was God working through my life and saying that this is something that you need. Um, and our whole Barnabas team, we all have some sort of weird story of how we ended up in the position, and it was an amazing experience and totally re-kick-started my faith life. Um, and part of that along the way was during one um, loft um, sermon, and I remember Pastor Mary saying, what's holding you inside of your cave? And I thought to myself, and I was like, you know, I think it's probably me and my high expectations for myself and mm -hmm. the standards that I hold myself to. And then there was a time of singing, and there were people in the back to pray for, your, like, if you wanted to pray. So I was standing there singing, and I was like, you know, I should probably go back there and pray with someone. Like, okay, at the end of this song, I'll go. And then the end of the song came around, and I was like, oh, no, I really don't need to. <laughs> and then the next song started, and I was like, okay, at the end of this song. And then I was like, no. And I was really hoping that the next song was going to be the end. And then another song came, and I was like, okay, God, I get it. And I'm walking back there. Um, and I walked back, and I prayed with Sharon Bitework, who I didn't know at the time. Um, and at the end of our prayer, she said, at the end of the service, come back and talk to me. I'd really like to meet with you. And so she gave me her card at the end of the service, and we set up every other week meetings, and it was just absolutely what I needed. And I'd go in there, and I'm like, I'm not going to cry this time. I'm not going to cry this time. <laughs> and i just walk out just totally bawling. Um, but it was exactly what I needed, and it was the first time, I think, that I've really truly opened up to someone hmm. about what in my life I'm holding myself too high accountable for, and just in my faith life, what doesn't seem real, and how I can get through that. And... Um, I'm really sad to see her go because she's um, leaving. But um, God took my yes moment out of the sake of just I'm a yes person and really spoke to me. And I'm in the situation here being at Loft because of that and being friends with the people that support me and that have strong faith lives and are willing to ask, like, how are you really because of that moment? So. Thanks, Kaylee. Hi, I'm Randy. Um, so coming in, I'm a freshman. Um, so at the first couple of weeks of the school year, I um, heard from God just, he was telling me to kind of start a small group. Um, and I was like, okay, that sounds like, you know, something that would be fun. Um, and so over the next few weeks, you know, I was kind of just looking around for people who would be interested in that. Um, and so I talked to a few people from my um, quest group and uh, uh, my best friend from back home. And um, so, you know, we got a group of like, you know, five or six, and 
uh, you know, we just kind of met, and I was like, you know, I just kind of want this to be a time to just talk about Jesus and, you know, talk about what's going on in our life and um, really just make it a safe place for sharing. Um, and so over the next couple of weeks, we uh, tried to meet, like, on Saturdays, and um, on one of the weeks, I told my testimony, and it was just, you know, a really cool experience. Um, and uh, each time, there would be, you know, more and more people and um, we made a Facebook um, message, and um, I think like weekly, you know, more and more people would get added to the message. I was like, wow, this is really a lot of people. I wasn't expecting anything like this. Um, and so uh, we started to meet um, uh, Thursday nights in the Nordy uh, Meditation Chapel, um, and one night there was like 20 people there, and I was like, oh my gosh, like I have to lead this, and I don't know what I'm doing, but um, you know, it was just kind of crazy to see that God was working in this and bringing all these people together, um, and so you know, I use this as an opportunity to uh, really just listen to God, and He was telling me to um, go and you know seek out different people, um, and so you know, I went to um, Jared, and I went to Aaron to seek out wisdom, um, and they just, you know, encouraged me. Um, and so over time, I, you know, asked some people to help lead with me. Um, and, you know, at that point, there was about like 40 people in our um, message on Facebook, and I was just like stunned that God was working like this. Um, and so uh, I was, you know, talking with the people I was leading it with, and I was like, we got to, you know, make a name. And um, they're like, the Hub Club. And I'm like, why? But they're like, that's what I got. So um, I don't know what that stands for yet, really, but it's catchy. So uh, I think catchy is nice. Um, so, you know, it's just um, been a really incredible time um, leading this. And it's been like three months here. And I'm just kind of surprised that, like, God thrusting me into this position. Um, but he's helped in um, every single way. And so... It was just really cool to see um, God choosing me to work um, at this campus, and I'm just, you know, really excited. So um, if you ever want to just come and talk about Jesus and what's going on in your life, it's just 845 in um, the Nordy basement. So, yeah, that's what I got. Thanks, Randy. Hi, um, my name's Elise, and... um, Gosh, that's loud. Um, <laughs> I just have a story about how God will never give up on you. Um, sorry. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> about 14 years ago, my family went through a very difficult lawsuit. <laughs> um. What pretty much happened is my family owned a nursing home and um, the health department shut it down for um, many different reasons that were very uncalled for. And um, my family was pretty much, that was our income, that was what we were living off of. And for the past 14 years, my dad has been unemployed. Um, my family's gone through a lot of rough stuff. Um, as of last March, um, we finally got a trial. And it's just amazing because our family's gone through so much. 
and to see that we won last March. We did not only win, but we sued for $25 million. And it's just amazing because God is the best thing anyone has ever done to me. So I just want to say he's amazing and never give up hope because my family didn't. And he's always going to be there for you. Amen. Hello, uh, my name's Cameron. I oh, by the way, Randy. Thursday nights in Nordy Basement at eight forty-five. Just so, yeah, I thought I'd throw that out there. Um, so I have a really cool story about how God has been using me as a vessel to uh, be bold in my faith um, because I didn't grow up in a Christian home. So He's been using me in that way. So I have a kind of a cool story. Um, so I did work crew this summer for Young Life, um, and on oh, yeah. <laughs> so um, what was I gonna say? Oh, I got it, I got it. <laughs> okay, um, so it was one of our days off, so we were able to get our phones back, and I called my mom, and I was really struggling with a lot of personal things, um, some things that I just needed to get off my chest. Um, and my mom said, well, what can I do for you? Um, and in my mind, I wanted to say, well, you can pray for me, but I knew that she wasn't really there in her faith. She was a Christian growing up, but fell out of her faith um, when her father died. Um, so I thought I was just going to be bold, and I, I just said it. I was like, Mom, if you really want to help me, you can pray for me. And there was this really awkward silence. And then she said, I've been praying for you every day of your entire life. Hmm. Um, and I, I just broke down in tears. I couldn't believe that God was working in that way um, and that he was so faithful through everything. Um, and then when I got back, um, we went to church together. And when I got baptized a month ago, she came to church, um, my whole family came, and I'm just really excited to go back home to that, um, to just be bold in my faith. So God is, he's so faithful, and he's awesome. So that's my story. Thanks, Cameron. Hi, my name is Bonnie. Um, I don't know how many of you guys know, but um, I lost my dad um, a couple months ago. Um, and God has really been drawing me to him as my, as his, as my father, um, just in really, really neat ways. Um, he's really just set aside time um, to be with me and to be intimate with me. Um, and through this, he's... He's bringing my heart closer to his, and he's breaking my heart for people that I am not um, personally connected with. Um, so lately, I've been following this passion that's on my heart. Um, it has to do with just babies and abortion, and I have no idea where God's taking it, honestly. <laughs> um, but I just see the way that God values the life he has placed in us and how he wants healing and reconciliation for people that have been touched by this. Um, so... I have no idea what God's doing. Um, I know his spirit is in me, and um, I just praise God for um, doing his work and placing this passion on my heart that otherwise I know couldn't be there because I have no personal connection with it. Um, but also, if anyone has um, any ideas on that and wants to talk about it, I'm here um, sitting over there. <laughs> I don't know how to make myself available. Um, Second VR, <laughs> room 230. <laughs> um, anyways, yeah, God is good. Thanks, Bonnie. You go ahead, Ryan will be our last one. 
Um, my name is Mary. I'm a freshman. Um, and I have a story from high school, actually. Um, all four years of high school, I had the opportunity to go serve um, in the villages of Alaska. And um, that was like the highlight of my high school career. It was such an amazing experience. Um, I would like to t- talk about just one village, um, the village of New Lotto. Um, teams from my school had been going there for 15 years. Um, and in the beginning, I've, I would hear stories about how like, they wouldn't even be allowed off the plane because the village was so hostile towards Christians. And, um, and slowly, God began opening doors, and they would let us stay in the school, and they would let us... Um, you know, put on programs for them, um, do mimes and sing worship songs and stuff. Um, and um, and so all four years, I've, I went to that village and build relationships with the kids and the teenagers out there. And um, but the community itself, the adults and the um, people there, were always kind of distant towards us. Um, and then my senior year, um, we went out there. And it was, leading up to the trip was really just awful. Um, We lost three members of our team due to sickness or family issues or something like that. And it just seemed like Satan was fighting so hard against us. Um, And then we got there. We landed on the plane. We get into the school. We're eating our lunch. Fifteen minutes after we arrive, the village leader comes up to us and says, would you like to be would you like to come to our potluck today? Um, And I cannot stress the importance of that. Not only did an adult from the village come to us, but the village leader um, in that culture is, it would, it's amazing that he even like came to us, like white kids from the city, much less missionaries. um, And just the experience of going to a potluck and being a part of the community and having the elders um, accept us was like this huge door just blown open. Um, and I would just like to praise God for that. Um, it's just, yeah. And the lesson that I learned is just if Satan is thwarting you and like driving you into the dirt, it's probably because he's afraid that God is going to do something amazing. And you just have to trust that it will happen and eventually it will. So. Thanks, Mary. Um, so a lot of times um, God works through you whether you like it or not. And, um, and it was about a year ago I was in a loft service and um, we were singing All I Have is Christ and there's one line in that song that goes, um, Oh Father, use my ransomed life in any way you choose. And um, it's today that I realized how dangerous it was to sing that song. <laughs> um, but um, at that point, um, I had just, just come out to Pastor Mary a few months earlier. And I was out to probably three or four of my closest friends at that point. And it just kind of hit me like a ton of bricks. Like, you're going to have to come out. And I was like, no, 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 no. And... Um, forgot about it for a little bit God just kind of kept on pestering me and pestering me and I started putting up a lot of roadblocks um, I started saying well like if my parents say I shouldn't do it I won't do it 
or um, if things with my grandparents go really bad, I won't do it. Or if, um, you know, if uh, we, we had started exploring um, using chimes as a medium for that and saying, well, you know, if, if the editors at Chimes think it'd be like a conflict of interest for the editor to come out, like we won't do it. Um, and all those things came back and they were all okay. And I was just, I was running out of excuses. <laughs> um, so, you know, nine days ago, we sent out a bunch of articles to the printer and um, yeah, it's, um, it's something that I think it's, it's definitely been encouraging to see God work through it. We've, you know, we did it to help encourage people on campus, to help educate people on campus. Um, we've gotten, I've heard from probably four or five students on campus who, um, you know, one freshman sent an email in saying, like, I'm closeted and, like, this was a real encouragement to me. Um, we've heard, I heard from a senior at Hope, heard from a freshman at Redeemer University College who had read it. Um, and... Yeah, it's, um, it's not always easy. It's introduced a lot more questions and a lot more um, things to think about. But it's been something that... Um, it's been cool to see God use um, my biggest fear and my biggest worry and my biggest burden and use it as an encouragement and use it as something that brings peace and something that... Um, yeah, brings love to other people, um, even though that I would never have expected that a year ago. Amen. Thanks,